a chance for Mule and Burroughs. They score! And the Mules score! Scores! Three in a row for the Mules! Duke has to put it up at the bunker! It's good! And the Mules win it! Coming to you from Allentown, Pennsylvania, welcome to the Mule and Mules podcast. Each episode, we'll talk to the coaches, staff, athletes, and alumni who make up the Muhlenberg Athletics family and are proud to call themselves Mules. And our guest this week is Sophie Beeler. Sophie is a senior field hockey player at Muhlenberg College, originally from York, Pennsylvania. She's a three-year starter. In fact, she started all 51 of the Mules games between 2017 and 2019. A two-time All-Centennial Conference back, Sophie is tied for fifth place in program history with 14 career defensive saves, and she is a public health major and political science minor. Welcome, Sophie. Thank you for having me. All right, so Sophie, you are a uh, a senior at Muhlenberg, and, and seniors do what's called a Q, a CUE, a culminating undergraduate experience. And for yours, you are doing research on infectious disease epidemiology. And j- just for those of us who haven't taken a science course this century, or, or maybe even for a longer period of time, what, what exactly is epidemiology? So epidemiology is the study of how diseases distributed in populations and the factors that influence them. So like trends of disease, how they're caused, patterns, how it spreads, like how a specific pathogen infects a host and stuff like that. And and obviously incredibly relevant to the to the world we live in in, in 2020. Had, had you picked that as something you wanted to study before COVID and uh, or was that something that you decided to study after COVID came along? Oh, no, I decided way earlier and it just happens to be so timely right now. I actually attended a talk through Muhlenberg by Dr. Shaw and he was talking about how public health is more important now than ever just because it's circulating the headlines. I mean, which is great because it forces people to think about it because it isn't talked about when everything's under control and like systems are functioning, but it's everywhere. It's in policy, air, food, medical bills. And I just think it was so timely for me to be studying it. And I couldn't have picked a better time to. Yeah, no, that's for sure. So, so tell us about, about the study that you're doing and, and the work that you're doing and, and what goes into your, uh, your, your research. Yeah, so for the Q, we, there's just me and three other people in the class, and we kind of take it as an overall study of public health, and we just get together, talk about the current issues, talk about past issues. We are working on right now just giving presentations on past pandemics and outbreaks, and it's just really cool to see how we can change this and relate it to what's going on now, because it's just super irrelevant right now. Yeah, is, is your goal by the end of the semester to come up with a cure for COVID? Oh, I wish. Yeah, no, you'd, you'd probably get a good grade if you did, right? I'm sure. Um, but but what, what are some of the things that you have found out in your studies and, and maybe how they relate to what's going on right now? Oh, well, we just talk about a lot of social determinants of disease, things that can contribute to spread, contribute to contracting disease. And I think it's interesting to talk about COVID in relation to this because we don't know a lot about it yet. We're learning new things every day and like so are the public health professionals. So I think it's just important to, I mean, be patient and try to learn new things as you go. But we kind of also look at how other pandemics are handled and how this can be translated to our current pandemic. And it's just, 
it's definitely a learning as you go process. Right. I, I mean, this this certainly, as as we've seen from all the different shifts in recommendations and and, and policies, I, I think mm-hmm. all all officials are, are are kind of learning as as this thing goes along. Is, is there anything you've learned about this pandemic versus previous pandemics that that you found pretty pretty interesting or pretty relevant? Oh, I think everything is pretty interesting about the current <laughs> pandemic, but definitely just that we don't know the long-term effects yet because it's not a known disease, which I think is pretty concerning, at least in my perspective. But I think that's definitely interesting because we just don't have a lot of research on it. So we're kind of trying to think of new treatments, think of new ways to combat the spread as we go, which I think is hard, but it's also interesting. Yeah. And, and, and you've had... Um... Uh, other than having to take your classes remotely, you've had other firsthand experience with, with the results of this pandemic. You were studying in France this spring when when the pandemic broke out. T- talk about what, what that was like and, and what it was like up to the point where, you know, where the pandemic broke out and, the, and then what it was like during and after. So when I was in France, I know a lot of people in my classes knew that I was a public health major. So they would ask me, like, oh, what's going on? Like, should I be worried about this? And I, I couldn't answer that. I, I mean, I, I, I had no idea. And I know every day I was tracking how many cases were in France. And at that point, it wasn't in the United States. So I was just more worried about me being sent home. And as it progressed, I was just, I know people from Italy. I had friends in Italy that got sent home. And my friends in Spain, it was trying, it was starting to infect Barcelona. So I was worried about being sent home. But on the other hand, my professors were saying, oh, don't worry, like, this is the safest place to be. Like, there's no cases. But in the middle of the night, one night, I woke up and to, I just randomly to a bunch of missed calls and texts about the new travel ban and how the borders were going to close. And I know it was not really communicated well, but I I was so nervous because I tried to get a flight right away. I had to book a last minute flight. And it was just rough because I had to say goodbye to my host mom. I had to try to experience the city in the last few days that I was there. But I did make it back before I had to undergo any testing and stuff like that. And I was able to just quarantine at my house. And it was just crazy whirlwind experience trying to come home. Yeah, crazy. I think is a good good description for 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 what it was like, you know, around the world around that time. That must have been about around the middle of March uh, when yeah. that happened. Like, and and soon afterwards, the whole Muhlenberg campus got got sent home. And and I I think that was a point where it was kind of early in the pandemic, and treatments and and things like that were were still being discovered about the virus. And that's, you, you know, I think. As you mentioned, this is this is a new thing, a new virus that nobody's ever dealt with before, and I think that kind of illustrated the the uncertainty about what was going on, on on a lot of fronts. Yeah, definitely. And I know I was just so uncertain as to what I was going to do when I got home because at that point I didn't think that it was a huge problem in the United States because I was so hyper focused on France and how the spread was in France. And then when I came home, I was expecting to still be able to see my friends, like still be able to like see, talk to the people that I had, but it just shut down right away. Yeah. You know, and now as we've learned more about the disease and how it transmits and who it affects and things like that, you know, things have opened up a, a little bit more, although now in Europe, they're they're kind of experiencing a, a surge in the virus. Yeah, definitely. I've seen things start to open up around here too, but it's also 
definitely a lot different and you have to be cautious because I know a lot of people that I know have pre-existing conditions and are immunocompromised so it's almost hard for them as even though everything else is opening up it's not really for them because they aren't able to do that so that's something that I don't know people have to still think about. How did you decide to major in public health was that something that you came to Muhlenberg thinking that you were interested in? interested in like sciences and stuff like that but I actually just took a lot of different classes just to see what struck my interest and I took the first public health class issues in public health with Dr. Cronin and I just really loved it like I just loved what I was learning I thought everything was super relevant and so I just decided to continue it yeah and it's it seems like uh, as you mentioned earlier that that's something that um, people are getting more of an appreciation for now that that it's so relevant than than maybe yeah, they had sure. when you started yeah for sure and it's it's nice because i know when i started studying public health a lot of people that i told i was studying public health didn't know what it was and didn't really understand what i was studying but i feel like now a lot more people recognize it yeah and and of course you know you you're studying in a in a really great public health program at at Muhlenberg college and a lot of good minds in there to to learn from yeah, absolutely. Now, now, interestingly, your uh, your minor is political science, which is people might consider that to be an unusual combination. How how did you come across that political science minor? Well, I was I that's another thing I'm just super interested in, and I mean, in the future, I I want to go to law school. So, I think a lot of people don't realize, but I mean, public health is public health goals rely a lot on the political process and policy formation so like in order to get reach these goals um policies have to be formed and that relies on political science and on the other hand public health issues are often political issues so i think it's really cool how it intersects and i get to see that on both ends of the spectrum yeah and of course we're seeing that uh you know today where people are talking about you know public health recommendations like wearing masks and things like that being treated as political issues and not as and not as public health issues. You know, I think uh, Dr. Fauci actually said, like, there needs to be the political will to to impose some of the public health recommendations. But that's it, it's kind of a, a tricky, uh, a tricky combination of, of public health and public policy. Yeah, definitely. I think now with wearing masks and it's also just seen in a lot of infectious disease spread this is kind of something i talk about in my queue but i did a project recently on tuberculosis and that outbreak and its drug resistance strains and it's also another debated issue um, whether government officials had a right to quarantine um, i'm not sure if you've heard of andrew speaker but he had a drug resistant strain of tuberculosis and wanted to travel and government officials imposed a quarantine on him so that he couldn't spread the disease and it's just a constant battle between individual autonomy and the health and interests of the public and it's really hard and i think it's a case-to-case -case basis and i think that's what makes it such a political issue so maybe if, if you do you have any interest in getting into politics yourself or just just law school oh i haven't decided yet <laughs> i'm gonna i'm gonna keep my options open Okay. But yeah, no, very, uh, you know, I think it's very important that people, you know, that everyone understand that sometimes it's a little bit more complex than just, you know, saying we're going to do this or we need to do this or something like that, that there's yeah. more, there's more to it than. Yeah, a lot more to it. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, while you're, you're living in Allentown, not, not on campus, but off campus, you know, and this is, this is your senior year with the, with the field hockey team. So, you know, you got, Although COVID might have uh, 
contributed to your studies, uh, you know, it, it, in, in making it more interesting and relevant at this point. It, it took away from your study abroad experience, and now it's, it's taking away from your, your field hockey experience. Talk, talk about what that's been like, you know, trying to, to stay connected with the team and trying to stay engaged with your teammates uh, when, um, yeah, actually it's, you know, end of October, this, this should be time when you're gearing up for playoffs and uh, your, your senior night might have been right around now. Yeah, it's definitely been rough. I mean, I'm just trying to remember that a lot of other people have it worse, and I'm still able to like live close to campus, and I can still work out. But my coach does send us what they're doing on the field when the freshmen and the approved upperclassmen have practice. So, I mean, it's nice to see that, but it's also kind of bittersweet because I know I can't be there. But I, in terms of staying in touch with teammates, I think we all have a group me that we talk in, but it's also just... We, over the summer, played in a tournament, which was great because we were trying to prepare for the season. This was before it was canceled, but it was also hard because we realized it could be the last time we were playing together as a team, and we still aren't sure what's going to happen in the spring, but it's been hard. Yeah, and, you know, one thing that is an aspect of public health that sometimes you see people say isn't being taken into account enough is is the mental health aspect of it, too, and, and, and how difficult it is for young people who are used to playing sports to have those sports taken away from them. Yeah, for sure. And it's just like, you know, being kept inside, not as much social atmosphere, but also just having that schedule and being able to work out. I mean, I, I stick to a, I still go to the gym every day, but it's a lot different than playing a team sport and having that social interaction between everyone. Uh, I know Walt Muhlenberg's athletic leadership team just recently sponsored a, a fine webinar on mental health. What, what are some of the things that, that you're doing or that you've maybe talked to other people about, you know, to try to stay sane, for lack of a better word, uh, you know, during this, this time when, when everything is so unsettled and, and crazy? Yeah, I think it's just important to stay in touch with people you care about, you know, like maintain that connection line, find a way to get active. I'm also part of FAM, which is Peer Health Advocates in Muhlenberg, and we're trying to work on having maybe a mentor program or some something that students can sign up for that allows them to be in contact with someone else, maybe talk about how they're feeling. I think that helps a lot. And also just like raising awareness of the mental health resources we have on campus and our counseling services and stuff like that. Yeah, so that that thing you talked that would be like a buddies program, right? Where you you, yeah. know, you would pair pair two people together. That sounds that sounds like a great idea. I know that's been a challenge for you know for everybody across the you know the sports world is is you know for you know many of us sports is such a big part of our lives and and to have that not be a part of our lives has been uh, has been tough. Yeah, for sure. All right, so so we're talking with Sophie Beeler, a public health major and and political science minor at at Muhlenberg College and. Before we wrap up, we'll do like we do with all of our podcasts, and, and we'll just ask some getting-to-know-you type questions. So, ready, Sophie? Ready. All right. What's your favorite movie? My favorite movie is Goodwill Hunting. Goodwill. Okay. Are there any movies about field hockey? I, I was going to ask, not a field hockey movie, but I don't know that there are any field hockey movies. <laughs> if there are, I don't know about them. <laughs> we, had, uh, we had on a baseball player on the podcast a few weeks ago, and and when asked about his favorite movie, none of them were baseball movies. So um, <laughs> yeah. there are definitely some baseball movies. Not quite sure about field hockey movies, though. What's your favorite part about playing field hockey at Muhlenberg? I think my favorite part is just being part of a team and having 
challenges. I know all the teams we play in the Centennial Conference are really good, and every game is is a toss-up, really, whoever comes to play. And I think that's just a great uh, environment to be around. And I just love the competitive aspect of the game. Yeah, and of course, you're uh, you're among Muhlenberg's all-time leaders in defensive saves. You know, the defensive players sometimes don't get a lot of the attention. Usually it's the people who, you know, who score the goals who get most of the attention, but... That, that that has to be great when you uh you're able to keep the other team from scoring and actually get credit for it. Yeah, definitely. Actually, I in high school nobody really kept track of defensive saves, so when I got to college, it was kind of like a it was surprising because I would get attention for it when I haven't really in the past, which is kind of cool, but it's also just unexpected. Yeah, no, no, we we like to give you credit. We we absolutely <laughs> like to give you credit. How do you get ready for game day? I usually just listen to music on my own and drink a lot of water and have one of my teammates braid my hair because I'm incapable of it. <laughs> so that's pretty much it. What type, what type of music do you like listening to? I think it just depends on my mood. Something with like an upbeat tempo just to get me in the mood to play. Right. All right. And last question for you, Sophie, before we let you go. If you could sit down for a meal with anyone, living or past, who would it be? I would say my parents. <laughs> Uh, I'm sure I'm sure they're happy to, to, to hear that answer. You, yeah, I, I'm sure they're the only ones listening. <laughs> <laughs> I guess you don't sit down with them for a meal enough, right? Because if you had that. Yeah. The, <laughs> exactly. All right. Well, that's that's certainly the most unique answer we've had for that question. Most people uh, <laughs> say some famous person in, in, in their field. We had a, um, a public health major on for one of our podcasts earlier who graduated from Muhlenberg was one of the first public health students and is now a nurse. And she said Florence Nightingale, which, you know, which was very relevant to, uh, you know, to what she does now. But I'm sure your parents would be happy to sit down to a meal with you. (laughs) Yeah, there's just a level of comfort there. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, Sophie. Well, it's thanks for joining us on the podcast. Good luck in your um, in your studies on on infectious diseases. And if if you do happen to come up with a with a cure and and get us all out of this, (laughs) I, I think speaking for everyone else, we'd really appreciate it. <laughs> thank you. Thank you for having me. All right. Thank you. The Muhlenberg Mules podcast is a production of the Muhlenberg Office of Athletic Communications with Joe Widener, Zoe Keim, and Marty the Mule. If you have any questions or comments, please send us an email at mulespodcast at muhlenberg.edu or call our pod line at 484-664-4001 and leave a message. We will answer questions in future episodes. The Muhlenberg Mules podcast is available on Apple and Spotify and wherever you get your podcasts. Please rate and review us and recommend us to your friends. For the latest in Muhlenberg College Athletics, please follow us on social media at M-U-H-L underscore S-P-O-R-T-S. Until next week, Go Mules! Mules.